Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Hundred and seventy-one episodes in, and we're still going strong. Citizens, welcome to another edition of New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I am a Spotify person, but doesn't mean you can enjoy this on that Apple or iHeart. But please leave a review if you're jamming with it weekly with me. I would love to know how I can improve the show. That's how we get bigger and better. Uh, at New Amsterdam on Instagram, at New underscore Amsterdam on the Twitter. That's social media handles. But if you're a long-time listener, you already know. And if it's the first time, welcome. I'm Flopal Boys. <laughs> hey, uh, each week, week, sometimes with even bonus episodes, we sit with creatives or are doing the thing. And this week, I was chatting with Amy Sinha. I came across her work on YouTube. She is a singer and a voice artist. And we've had singers on the show before. And we've had voice artists on the show before. But Amy has a very unique story of how she came to being. And I thought that would be pretty cool, even inspiring for those who want to know how they can get started. When you look at your situation or your circumstance of what life has given you, the cards you've been dealt, using that and still persevering is something It's kind of beautiful. Uh, my chat with Amy Sinha is next on New Amsterdam Radio. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, Lobo Boys, in the mayor's office, hanging out with people who are doing the dang thing. And my guest is doing the thing in two ways of using her voice to get ahead. We're talking about singer slash voiceover artist Amy Sinha. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. We were talking about this before we went live, but you are recording out of Wales, United Kingdom, which seems like a whole entire universe away from my country bumpkin diggings here in the U.S. of A. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is quite far away, I know, but it's next to London, which is in England, um, but right. Wales is a separate country, just in case people didn't know that. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Gaelic is a lot hard to understand uh, for us Americans, but we're slow, <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay well well we can't actually speak welsh in wales so gaelic um sorry i went into a welsh accent then <laughs> but um, <laughs> so gaelic in scotland and in ireland and in some parts of england actually like in southern england which is um kind of in devon i think they speak gaelic in devon as well yeah, um, yeah. but yeah no we speak welsh in wales <laughs> born and raised yeah I am born and raised in Wales. That's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. I love that. Um, I was actually uh, raised in Brooklyn. I moved out to Los Angeles about 15 years ago. Not the same thing at all, but I understand of like having the hometown flavor deep in your heart. So <laughs> respect. Yeah. So I was going to compare you to the Fresh Prince then, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, I got one little fight. My mom got scared. All right. So let, yeah, yeah. that's that's totally <laughs> fair. I, I called Welsh Gaelic, so I totally understand. I deserve that. So let's talk about <laughs> you for a second. Uh, you are a singer slash voice actor. Uh, that is something that you present yourself as, but was that always the course? Were you always enamored with that or did you fall into that kind of career path? No, I fell into singing because that's what I always um, remember doing since I was really young. The voiceovers came like about three years ago, uh, okay. towards the end of 2019. So, but I was, I've been a presenter as well. So I had my own YouTube channel and I went around interviewing different musicians because I have access to them. I think people don't know this little town of Swansea, a lot of musicians 
have come here, especially jazz musicians from um, America to from Europe, you know, all over the world, Australia, have come to this little place of Swansea. Um, even the people from Ronnie Scott, the people from the Blue Note um, Jazz Club in New York have come here as well. So I yeah. do have access. Well, I did. I did have access to a lot of um, influential jazz musicians. So I took advantage and interviewed them, which was amazing to do. So, yeah, I kind of fell into that as well. I kind of fall into things. Apart from singing, I kind of fall into other things. That's kind of the nature. <laughs> all the good things in life are all fall into you because it's all about discovering what your path is. So you were a singer that presented or were you presented that, that sing? Like, which one was priority for you? As a singer who presented. I kind oh, okay. of, um, it was like growing up, I didn't really have that much confidence. and But I knew when you're, singing if you're a lead vocalist you have to talk over the microphone you know mm -hmm. people singers get criticized for not interacting with the audience and I actually initially wasn't very good with that so the way I kind of see things is kind of take it and something that if I'm scared of it but I know I have to do it I kind of push myself into that and make myself do it so that I become better at it so I kind of went out there and just interviewed random people to get over my fear of talking to strangers. Um, and it kind of worked. I, it kind of did. I, I, I kind of don't really have that fear of, you know, speaking to people I don't know. So that was that was why I got into the presenting. So it wasn't like I want to be a presenter. It was just a way of getting over my fear of speaking to random people. I just never heard that before. So when you're a late singer, you have to learn how to interact between songs. Really? Well, when you're a singer, it's better, like, you see people pop artists, right? You, you're you in there, you're front of the audience, you have to be charismatic, you have to put yourself out there. If you're connecting, if you're not connecting with the audience, people are going to get a little bit bored, or they're going to think, oh my god, who is this person? And which I have seen many singers not interact with the audience, and I didn't want to be one of those people. You know, I wanted, yeah. I wanted to communicate and have a story to tell, and I wanted to be able to do that, you know, easily um, with a large audience. <laughs> Yeah. So when you decided that this was going to be your path, you're like, look, man, I, this is, I got this instrument. I got this gift. I'm not going to get rid of it. I'm not going to do it. W was your support system, the family, the friends, uh, the the significant others, were they all about it? Were supporting you? Or was it kind of like a challenge? Was it kind of like, no, 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 I can really do this. You got to believe me. Which part? Just Sorry. any part. When you said, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to use my voice for, for me. I'm going to present myself as an artist. Were your team, was your team, was your, was your network on board with you? Or was it kind of like, I don't know, convincing them that you can do it? Uh, well, my family, have, well, I, I got a musical family, so we've always been into the singing thing. So when I went into that, that was just natural. It was, yeah, they were absolutely supportive. And my friends, my best friends who I met when I was 16, um, they just knew me as a singer because I, I was sung. So yeah, everything I've done, I have to, in fairness, you know, I've had the utmost support of, of everyone around me. So I'm quite blessed in, in that respect. And so when you're building your empire, what's that like trying to build a following, getting people to like to tell their, their shop owners and then use, hey, we need Amy live. What's that like? You know, I, you know, I never thought about it when I was younger. Um, it never occurred to me. Uh, <laughs> people knew me by reputation. When I graduated from Leeds College of Music, I studied music in jazz. And um, it's a funny story, actually. So I was in my third year um, in Leeds, and this American jazz pianist vocalist came to do a workshop, Daryl Sherman. And she played, well, she used to, I don't know if she's playing still, but she plays in New York. And um, she was playing in the Waldorf Astoria um, on, the, um, on the piano there. And um, so she came to do a workshop and, and I sung in front of her and, and she was quite impressed. And she was actually doing a gig in Swansea and she actually talked about me. 
how, you know, I was from Swansea and, you know, I'm an up and coming singer and she was really impressed and everyone was like, whoa, okay. So they actually called me from Swansea in Leeds. And so then when I came back to Swansea, it was like everyone knew me already. So yeah. my reputation and because of that, I, I never struggle with that because, you know, people knew me. Now the voiceover um, was difficult. So because mm-hmm. I've always been a singer, um, that came naturally. The voiceover, even though I had, a, I had a nice voice and I was speaking over radio and I was doing interviews and stuff, I never really thought about doing voiceovers. So, but basically I was starting from scratch. So putting myself out there for voiceovers had been tough. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I totally a, get that. Yeah. Uh, what kind of voiceover do you specialize in? Commercial, on air, characters? What kind of voiceover do you specialize? Uh, right now I do all of them, but I love characters. I can do like young kids' voices. Um, so I've yeah. done a few animations um, and I love, I do like doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been my favorite so far. Yeah, so I, you know, that to me, I, I've tried and I'm trying and I'll go just to to have to, to do a whole entire range of a character with their their needs and wants and emotional range and do it in a particular voice. It seems like a lot of work. I mean, what keeps you going on hour two, hour four, hour six of a session when you're trying to get a project done? Yeah, what keeps me going? <laughs> um, I, you know, I love I love doing it. It's like the singing. I actually just. I, I love doing the voices and um, well, I love talking. <laughs> All my friends mm-hmm. and my family will say that. Um, so I guess, I don't know, you know, it's just, I'm not the type of person to give up. So even mm-hmm. if I get frustrated uh, with doing certain things, um, even if I want to give up and I think I'm just going to give up and then the next day and I just, I just, it's not in me to give up it's always like okay how am I going to do this how am I going to find another way to push through this if things are not working um and I think that that just it's just a natural um thing for for me to do oh yeah I mean that seems to be a, a common uh, thread of your life you grew up with medical hardships and you found a way to persevere can you share a little bit about that whatever you feel comfortable with yeah no so when I was a child when I was one I had cataracts um, so they took both lenses out of my eyes, but because I was young, they never put them back in. So since then, I've had to have wear these really, really thick glasses um, since 18 months old. And then uh, when I was four or three, I don't know, these stories change now when I ask family members. But from yeah. a very young age, I, re- um, I remember burning myself and um, I was diagnosed with sensory neuropathy type two, which means that I can't feel hot or cold or pain, uh, superficial pain anywhere throughout my body only on yeah. my mouth um so that was kind of hard because I kept burning myself I think it's a testament to my mom that I don't have any scars on my hands and I'm, I'm quite grateful actually she kind of looked after me very well um yeah. and then um I, I was diagnosed part of the disorder um meant that I had osteoarthritis as well and um kind of that kind of got quite bad by the time I was 13 uh, but also affected my spine so I stopped growing when I was 11. But say all of these things, I was quite blessed that I kind of developed before I stopped growing. Um, so I look, I look old, older. Uh, than <laughs> I don't I look old. No, no, I don't look old. <laughs> but I look uh, older than a young child. Um, I was actually, sorry, going on a random tangent here, but I was watching this um, American show, actually, that was doing this documentary and, and this young girl, she stopped growing at the age of eight but her body stopped growing at the age of eight as well. And now she's 23, but everyone thinks she's, 
she's eight, even though she's 23. Yeah. So she goes into the bar and she's smoking and they're all looking at her going, why is the child smoking? Um, right. So I kind of blessed that I've actually developed and didn't stop growing up at that young age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, look, look, even for people without your particular backstory, the entertainment is very draining and very taxing, but you find a way to, to go ahead and pursue that. But I got to ask, there's got to be some days you're just not feeling it. There's going to be some weeks you're like, you know what? I was going to quit and just sit in the couch, eat my bonbons. What caused you to say, you know what? Despite the difficulties, despite the challenges, I'm going to keep going forward. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have suffered from down spirals. Um, I guess I never really called it depression, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I kind of spouts of up and down depression. Um, I think at certain points I did get to a low, a low point. But I realized that when I got to the low point, it took me longer to bring myself up. I mean, I always managed to bring myself back, but the longer you, you stay down, you kind of, you get used to that. Um, so yeah. then I learned over the years to not get to that level and to bring myself out of it. I mean, I think the music industry or any creative industry is not a good, um, it's not the best field if you suffer from depression. Um, but it can cause depression because it's not on an even keel. You're up one moment, you know, you're doing really well and then you've got no projects and then you kind of back down again and your self-worth kind of kind of goes up and down by what people say and how people view you. And, and then you take other people's opinions. I used to take it so personally and that's what brought me down. And I think the reason... Um, I'm still a singer don't get me wrong I do I do still I love singing I do singing with my voiceovers as well but I kind of wanted to get out of the mainstream producing music probably towards 2018 because it was an unhealthy place to be especially in the jazz area mm -hmm. um, it, it wasn't very healthy for me um, so I, I kind of took myself out of that and kind of realized just not let other people affect my brain and my mental health and you know how I viewed myself because I was I was taking it you know like the negative comments I would take that to heart and really let that affect me so I had to I had to get myself out of there yeah so you're in a situation where you kind of felt the toxicity of it all what was the first thing you do when you got out like how do you heal that once you have all that strain all that negative energy around you uh, it's a long process because mm -hmm. when you're in that and and I've been around that and especially the people and um as in that for quite some time for about 15 years so um it took a lot to to distance myself especially from i think the way i did it was to just separate myself from the music as well from jazz so i stopped listening to it for maybe a year or so because i equated that to my depression and and you know the people around it the people around me so i i had a, a very um popular Facebook page so over 5,000 6,000 7,000 followers I shut that down um, and I started again and it was difficult because when you're used to that interaction with people it's hard to let that go it's hard from getting like 500 600 700 likes on your post to you know 10 or or 15 um, so it did take a, a lot of a lot of self um I don't know what the word I want to use. Um, yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, discipline to, to not get into that, you know, admiration. You, you, you love the admiration, you know. Right. You, you love people liking your photographs, even though it means absolutely nothing really at the end of the day. Uh, but you just get 
used to the adrenaline and, and I was keep watching people liking my photos and liking my posts and I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Can't live my life to, you know, like that. So um so I did it slowly, but then I kind of distanced myself and I actually feel better. I, I got myself into a new place. I had myself a life coach in 2020. Um and that kind of helped me to to kind of see my um I think I have a lot of insecurities, obviously with growing up with many disabilities, it kind of, you know, hits you and, and yeah. you don't feel like you're normal. You don't feel like you belong, um, in, you know, with the rest of the people. Um, so yeah, the, the life coach was great to kind of get my confidence and to understand that I am good enough just, just the way I am. And, and it's okay if I'm quirky or, you know, I don't, ask similar questions to the rest of the people or I say different things and you know just to accept that I'm a little crazy and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes it special what's your relationship with social media now do you love it do you hate it necessary evil where do you land on that <laughs> I love it you know and it's great and I started to build it up again uh, but on my terms and and to be okay with um, and actually to not accept the negativity, if I feel there's negativity, I kind of block, block those people, block them out before I never used to, before I was like, oh no, but I have to let them have them say, now I'm just like, no, I'm not doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you play cards yeah. where I can get blocked by you, I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> I don't think about love here on the show. We love everyone, I love everyone who is a creative because you are building your empire, you are building something that means a lot to you. Do you have... Uh, a do you do the whole goal checklist that you live by the moment? How do you measure success when it comes to your craft? Yeah, you know, it's a hard one because people mm -hmm. are always like, oh, you know, you have to have a five year or 10 year goal plan. Um, and, and I think having those kind of plans and defining yourself by your age is a spiral for defeat because we all know that people develop at different times. We all reach that goal at different times you know if you're not married by the age of 25 if you don't have a massive house by the time <laughs> you're 30 you know what i mean it's kind of like <laughs> you're kind of rating yourself by other people so i kind of now think of it i kind of have a week plan or a month plan or a day-to-day -day plan and if i reach those goals in the week i'm really happy um and especially with covid everybody's plan my you know i not giving my age away but i turned 40 during covid and i was just so upset because <laughs> and I was really upset because I didn't get out there and party we had these me and my friends had these massive plans and it just came to a halt and I was just so depressed for a long time during that year because I was like well my life has just come to a standstill and I was thinking that I just you know I can't can't live like that so I think my my ideas changed um during that time and i was like the goals was just to do new things every day and meet new people and just interact on, on a different level and uh, read a new book like every every week and or every month you know if, if you mm -hmm. have time um and i think yeah my 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 ideas about goals have definitely changed over the last couple of years and and to not put so much stress on myself if i don't achieve what i wrote down that i wanted to achieve uh be kinder I, I wish I read a book every month. If I'd be uh, <laughs> that's a plan I have. But uh, <laughs> well, you you had mentioned the the pandemic, and uh, I'm trying to use my words carefully here. A lot of creatives had different experiences through that time. Um, just for full disclosure, I turned 35 during the pandemic, and I was Aww. I was by myself uh, drinking whiskey alone in my bedroom <laughs> outside. But what was that like for you? I've heard people say it was a devastating thing for them to have everything uprooted. I've heard some people say, you know what? In some ways, it was kind of good to have a reflection time. Where did you land on the pandemic, and are you in your craft? 
It was hard at first. As I said, I had all these plans I wanted to do, which meant socializing and going out. So um, when that stopped, it took me a while to adjust, but actually it was probably the best thing that ever happened uh, because of this kind of international Zooming and StreamYard and social networking that I never would have happened if the pandemic hadn't happened. True. And my voiceovers took off because of the international networking. I was on like this American networking. Who knew that the British, the, the Americans already love the British accent? <laughs> oh, we do. We totally we do. do. We assume um, everyone's smart with the British accent. Doesn't matter what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that we're American. You know, I'm, I'm so Americanized. I love the American accent. So everywhere, like I never got this chance. So everywhere, like I'd go out in like, prior to like American musicians would come here and be like, oh, I, have to, like I have to talk to you I have to talk to you <laughs> but then I got used to it now I talk to American people all the time um, probably like same with you guys yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah no it was a great thing I think and and doing podcasts kind of got me out there uh so from my perspective it was it was a great thing Oh yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt like ultimately there was some challenges, but it was a net positive for me as well. I mean, this this didn't exist, you know, StreamYard and or even the podcasts I do. I own seven now. It wouldn't have happened if I was uh, outside and not locked in my house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on your website, which is at, at amysenha.com, you had mentioned that you wanted to try stand-up comedy. Is that so true? I don't know if people say that. Maybe I should change the wording on that. No, it was, <laughs> I, was I, I was kind of trying to be funny. I tried to be funny. And it was hilarious. <laughs> but what can I say? <laughs> what's holding you back? Oh, what's holding me back? Um, I think I'm funny. Like I can laugh at myself for hours, but whether <laughs> other people think I'm funny, I, I'm not too sure. I don't know. Oh, look, as someone who does stand up, I can't sing and I would never be caught. Oh, I do karaoke, but that doesn't count. Okay. I think well, I'm, I'm, that's more of a performance. <laughs> you know, that's more of me making a fool of myself. <laughs> so how do you think? Do you think? Do you think I'll be okay with stand-up comedy? I'm not sure. I don't know how the public will relate. Yeah, I live in Los Angeles, where there are a lot of bad <laughs> comedy out here. So I think you'll you'll definitely do better than that. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, if you ever decided to do something live, let me know. I'll definitely promote it. I might even fly out. I only, I've been to England once, haven't been to Wales. So I've been down to check out the other half. And my, my family on my dad's side is from Scotland. So I'll definitely down to make it a UK trip. Why not? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. not too far. It's only like um, a one-hour plane ride or um, a 12-hour car journey. <laughs> it, you know, it's really we not weird. Weird sounds like it's a negative thing. But it's very unique of how spaces are smaller in europe but way more compact you know what i mean like yeah. for those who full disclosure who are listening now like the country of england inside the united kingdom is about 93 million square miles which is about the same mm. size as alabama think about that it's like it's like wow anyway i would love to go back i need a guy for wales because i've, I've heard about swansea you guys used to have a team in the premier league uh so i, I i'm familiar <laughs> with that team uh but i've never been <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Well, I'll come. I'll definitely show you around. You love it. Yeah. There's loads of beaches, loads of greenery, loads of yeah. sheep, as I'm sure you know. Um. <laughs> 2021. It's now the back half. We're in July, going into August or August into December time. This is airs. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Oh gosh. Um. What do I want to accomplish? Um. <laughs> I think you know, getting myself out there. Um. I think. I mean, the pandemic, as I said, has been great for meeting new people, but I think I've also become a little bit of a recluse. Um, and then when it came to time going out and talking to normal people, 
I think I was having a little bit of a, uh, of a hard time because I was just so used to doing it online. Um, so I think putting myself more out there and getting my brand known uh, and getting more publicity for for my for for what I want to do. Um, yeah. I'm not. Re- it's it's kind of difficult because I've never really been the type to push myself as in for my my um, my music or myself. I've always right. been good talking talking about myself, but I mean, like what I just said to you about all my disabilities, I never really started to do that until like to, to, to that 2020 because it was really hard to talk about, um, to, to go through that. I think I never really, you kind of like, you know what happened and you think, oh no, no, it's fine. But then whenever I used to talk about it, I was just to end up crying and I was like, oh my God, why am I crying about this stuff? And I think I didn't realize how much it actually, you know, affected me. So I think um, just talking about that is kind of therapy for me as well as yeah. kind of uh, alerting people to the fact that there's different kind of people out there. And and even though you do see those different people on the TV and stuff, but I don't think you take it, you don't really take it in until you meet various people with, with different types of disabilities or with different types of height. Like I am surrounded by tall people. It is amazing. <laughs> it is like living in Land of the Giants. My neck, yeah. I look up constantly. And now after the pandemic, I'm thinking, did people just grow? Or did I just not get used to people taller than me? Because it literally never used to bother me before that. But now yeah. I'm going out and like, they're just so tall. Yeah. So, you know, things like I, that. It's true. Because everyone you think sitting down is like, you know, whatever. And then you see them in real life. You go, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> tall. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, is, is there a priority on the, either the singing side, the voiceover side? Is one focus the other? Or is everything being approached 100% both sides? I think everyone, it's kind of, the singing has helped me go into the voiceovers because I used to sing in different accents anyway, especially like um, in a kind of a US accent. So I found that doing the voices, I was just using the voices that I was singing with. Um, so it kind of goes hand in hand. I kind of do session singing as well. Yeah. I just haven't performed um, live since the pandemic started. But um, no, you know, I love singing. I just, um, it just got really difficult. It got, it just got about like people, it's weird, it's like, you wouldn't, if somebody said about, I'm going to create a website for you, and they said, right, it's going to cost $1,000, you wouldn't then go back to them and say, oh, well, I don't have that. How about doing it for $500? You know, you wouldn't do that. You'd say, all right, okay, you either take it or you move on to somewhere else. Right. The amount of times that I've said, okay, this is how much I charge, and they're like, oh, well, you know, my budget, and they go way low, and they go, yeah, no, I can only do this. And they're like, literally, I try and negotiate, and I'm just right. like, this, this, there's a line you know yeah and things like that so and I think it's, and I've never really been good about asking people for money even when right. I was singing it was really difficult for me to do that so I think this is great for me to kind of go no this is you know I have a line and, and I'm not going to go down from that because this is what I'm worth I think it's again creative people don't really know how much they're worth they they kind of you know put themselves down because they don't look at it as a like a proper career or a proper Correct. job so I think with all people in that kind of industry it's kind of learning where you, your worth is and going no I'm still worthy people still need what I have to offer so it's kind of sticking to that that, that goal as well that's one of my goals sticking to what I'm worth Fagan. Well, for one, you're definitely improving. It's a proper job or jobs, you know, so props to that. <laughs> uh, Amy said, I thank so much for being on new Amsterdam Maria, the podcast for creators. Now's the fun part. Now I get to ask you if I wanted to follow, engage with you, become your fan online, how do I go about doing that? Oh, well, you just have to type my name in, which is A-M-Y, Amy, S-I-N-H, 
a sinha and amy sinha voice on all social media platforms even on spotify and itunes my music is like everywhere uh, yeah <laughs> uh, before we got here real quick final question favorite junk food oh god um i've i have got a sweet tooth which when I was younger, my dentist said, and I really did think was a compliment. I know that's an old joke, but I really did. But I, I love everything sugary. So anything sweet related, I'm there. Did not, not one over overall, like not a cake, pie, pudding, donut. Um, I like all of it. Um, I, do like, <laughs> no, I do like apple pie, but hot apple pie. No, is it? I like, I really like hot and cold, like a mix, but I do love hot apple pie with cold custard. And I know people find that really weird, like drinking a cup of, like having ice cream and then having a cup of tea. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, do you like that as well? I do that as well. My, my parents are West Indian, so tea, tea all the time. They are as British as Caribbean people could be, yes. There you go, then. Uh, so I don't them. Okay, cool. you go. They're like, oh, yeah, mash up your stomach. No, I won't. I'll be fine, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for being on the show i want you back later on to see how you're going on this is new amsterdam the podcast for creatives hey before you go just want to say my book graduation day life lessons from the real world is now available on amazon you know the concept of the book comes from when I graduated college and I wasn't impressed about my commencement speaker and what he had to say. And I said, I had some life experiences. Let me go back in time to a proverbial time machine and tell younger me things I learned as an adult. I share stories about the time where I almost died riding a motorcycle or the time where I had no money but decided to do a wedding in Italy, DJ a wedding in Italy to save my business and much, much more. Graduation day, life lessons from the real world is available on Amazon. Just look for me at Flobo Voice. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours.